Hello everyone and welcome to the Cricket Podcast with me, Jack Hope, Ross Leg. How are you, Ross? Hi Jack, yep, very well, thank you. How are you? Not too bad. And Max Rowe Brown. How are you doing, Max Rowe Brown? Yeah, also very well, thank you. Good. Um, On this week's episode of the Cricket Podcast, we have a two-part show. In part one, we'll be talking England. They completed a 2-0 series win over Sri Lanka and took home the Moose Cup. Uh, Freed of the burden of a Trump presidency, Joe Root is great again and James Anderson is pretty handy too. Then, in part two, we will be taking you to the IPL. Uh, This week, we found out which players each franchise will be retaining for the 2020 one season uh, and who they have released um we'll be having a little chat about what that means for each franchise's draft strategy but first it's our first question of the week and um in reverence to the moose cup or moose trophy whichever one it is the one with the antlers uh we, we will be we will be asking each other uh about trophy design um so question but so, <laughs> <laughs> so so boys uh, my question it sounds it sounds exciting i can't wait to get to it <laughs> it's quite a simple question um if you were in charge of commissioning a trophy for a test series which brand would you recruit as a sponsor and how would you integrate that design into the trophy um max so uh for me right i don't know if you remember uh the the little um uh, bobblehead toys you got, you got as a kid of like your famous sportsman. So I'm thinking Corinthian Toys, who made these little uh, little figurines, uh, would be the, the sponsor of of this uh, of this trophy, and they could uh, incorporate their famous bobblehead design into the trophy. So I, I just really like the idea of uh, of Joe Root uh, stepping up um, today to to go and collect his series trophy that's moulded in the shape of Joe Root with a giant head. You know that's um. Yeah, the the board. That's a well. That's a well thought through. I've got, I've, I've, I've got, a I've got like the the Michael Atherton one, which I had as a, as a kid. I had a Jack Russell one as well. So I just, I just, yeah, I just like the idea of a little bit of um, you know self serving uh, player of the series get a, get a trophy that's yourself. I'm just saying the board of Gavaskar trophy. We got two heads looking at each other, just both wobbling in front of each other. Well, there you go. So you don't even need to change the name of half mm-hmm. of them. That's um, that's you know, I, Max. That's well thought through. Um, it it has a clear USP. I, I think the players would love it. Who wouldn't love a giant bobblehead of yourself um, in, in your in your bedroom, uh, <laughs> Ross? Um, I, I, I've stayed with the bust. So for KFC, they, they they sponsor all kinds of things in cricket. I think there was well, they even sponsored some of the stuff in South Africa recently, um, and I think they sponsored uh, some of the stuff in the BBL. Um, can you imagine having a big bust of the Colonel? You go up, celebrate with the BBL trophy. Big bust of the Colonel. Um, I'd rather have a bargain bucket. Yeah, you could have a bargain bucket one. That's uh, edible trophies. Um, or Lego, of which Lego's is classic, isn't it? And you could you all, all different parts. Fine, sustainable. You can change. It goes around different ones. Yeah, I I thought Lego. Um, I, I'm I'm going to claim that you've stolen my idea there. Okay. Um, and I I've just had to come up with this on the fly, uh, <laughs> which is a much worse idea. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, I I thought IKEA could maybe do a line in the in the trophy business. Okay. Uh, so I, I think particularly for away teams, but maybe one of the reasons I, I was just sort of thinking this through. Um, in Test cricket, it's it's becoming or apparently it's becoming harder to win away from home. And I was thinking maybe one of the reasons for that is that the away team don't want to have to take the trophy home on the plane. I mean, they're all odd. I mean, the Moose Cup, how's that going to fit in a cargo hold? That you have to buy... EasyJet going to charge you through the nose Yeah, for that, exactly. Um, no such problem with uh, IKEA's flat pack trophies. Very nice. You can flatten it them down. fits your airline seat. Yeah, it fits into the captain's hand luggage. Uh, yeah. And he can keep his book... Or whatever <laughs> tablet, I don't know. I don't know. What does Joe Root do on the plane? That's wow. you know, that's a good question. We will ask him if we if we ever speak with the great man. Uh, anyway, yeah, you know, um, Max, I think your idea was the best. Um, I also think Lego being integrated into trophies would would be good. Uh, and and you had an idea I too. So idea well done too. for that, uh, Ross. Ross, what do our <laughs> listeners need to know uh, before we get on? With well, the, they sh- the show, they should be following us on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Instagram at the Cricket Pod. Uh, we've now breached the uh, the video game as well as the podcast game. Uh, so uh, check out our YouTube channel and subscribe. Uh, want to say thank you to Cricket for Us and Red Hand for the love on Apple reviews. Thank you very much for your five stars. Um, keep them coming, and we will read them out. Um, and also tell a friend. The only way this podcast grows is by getting it out into more people's ears. So, uh, yeah, share it and uh, yeah, follow us on social media. Thank you, Ross. Um, it's It's been growing well recently. So, uh, once again, thank you to our mainly very happy Indian fans who, who joined us last week for the first time. <laughs> um, <laughs> we will take a quick break and then we will be back uh, with a test match from Sri Lanka. I can't wait to get you to the Gabrash. Tell you what. Because I can't wait to get you to the Gabrash. Tell you what. It's full. So we're starting with England series over Sri Lanka. Um, they have secured a 2-0 win in the series after wrapping up a six-wicket win inside four days at Gaul. Um, I'll be running through a few questions with the lads here. Um, and first, Max and Jack. Um, the Test match had some pleasing twists and turns along the way. Um, but was this a game that England won or a game that Sri Lanka lost? I think um, I think England won this game more than they won the first okay. one. If, if if that makes sense, I mean, uh, we we saw in the in the first test, uh, Sri Lanka basically threw it away within the space of about the first thirty overs by trying to play three reverse sweeps, um, <laughs> at very uh, inopportune moments, and Don Bess securing the most ridiculous five for Hill uh, or anyone is ever likely to see. In in this uh, in this one, we you know we saw England actually having to graft a bit more. We had. Uh, um, Joe Root's double century sort of propping up England's innings a, a bit. Um, Sri Lanka, you know, uh, Embledenia took uh, took a lot of wickets. Uh, they actually put together a proper batting display. 
uh well once anyway and um and we had to <laughs> we had to graft a bit on the on the fourth day to chase down that 164 so uh i think you, yeah more of a win than the first one but still um it still owes a, a degree of gratitude to the sri lankans in in some aspects i think uh ross uh, and max uh that that's a binary question and, and you're right to ask it ross we live in a binary world people like black and white answers unfortunately i'm a man of nuance um, Ooh, a man in the gray yeah uh and i, <laughs> <laughs> and I think uh it was a bit of both i i think that sri lanka going into day four so this morning less than what tw- less than 24 hours ago uh were in position to win this test match they went into the fourth day 42 runs uh ahead of england um england still batting they needed to take one wicket they wrapped it up reasonably quickly and then uh well it was it was a it was a miserable batting performance from sri lanka um max as you alluded to uh, i don't i don't think it was quite as bad as uh, the the first innings of the first test but it wasn't a million no. miles away um there, they, there did, they some... did get they did get fewer runs in this innings. Yeah, I mean it was uh, look they get they get day four credit, don't they? Because it happened on day four. But okay. there were a lot of um, big shots from from yeah. the, from the Sri Lankan batters, yeah. uh, and it could have been a lot worse as well. Uh, Embel Denya, uh, Lemon Land, uh, he he contributed with forty or forty balls, um, which which bailed them out. Um, Really, and actually, ended it left it left England needing 164, which which was a competitive-ish score, if not particularly fantastic. Um, but I don't, I, I I don't know to what extent um, Sri Lanka's collapse this morning on the fourth day was due to England being exceptional, or 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 um, or, or, or due to Sri Lankan uh, stupidity, incompetence, yeah, incompetence. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that that fourth the fourth innings where England kind of chased down. I mean, Max, you and uh, the guy from Gorilla Cricket or Bear would definitely be. Oh, England are going to lose this when when we had a small <laughs> target of what 160 odd. Um, but actually, the Sri Lankans' approach to kind of their fielding and wicket taking strategy was 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 lacking, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah, um, they'd had they got England into a, a spot of bother. You know, we were four down um, and had just lost Joe Root, who pretty much carried England in every other innings in this series. Um, Dom Sibley was there on uh, on a decent score on his first decent he, he, score of the series. He was on about having four really from 500 struggled. deliveries, wasn't he? <laughs> no, I think, I, I think you're giving him a li- uh, doing him a little bit of a disservice. <laughs> but um, he, yeah, he was a man under a bit of pressure after the, his performances in the first few games. And I'm sure we'll talk, talk a bit more about him and, uh, and how he seems to have tried to change things up a bit. But yeah, there was definitely, uh, we were definitely looking at a situation where another wicket and England, you know, they were then into Sam Curran. And suddenly it looks like, um, you know, 164 looks a little bit further away than it was. But they just did, they didn't put any pressure on after that point. And I think it was just particularly Dom Sibley who, you know, being under all that pressure, they just let him work really simple singles. And that was just, I just, I couldn't begin to understand what the plan was. Because if you want to, it's a fourth day pitch. We've seen it turn. You've got a left arm spinner spinning it away from the right hander. Bring, you know, have a ring, get tight on the singles. And if he wants to drive you through the covers to get the runs, by all means, go for it. 
because it's you know he'll edge one it will happen it will spit and uh, they just yeah they there seemed to be no sort of defined plan on how to get it and they just sort of gave up after a bit by the looks of it i actually think in this match that that was probably the big point of difference between the two sides i don't think necessarily um well uh, the big point of difference between the two sides was Joe Root, let's be honest. But uh, <laughs> but then after that, um, I, I think the the major reason that England came out of this test with the victory was their plans. And I, I don't that extends to the lines they bowled uh, and the, the the field placements they set and so on. Um, do you remember before Christmas, Max, when we spoke with Jared Kimber? Yes. Do you remember when uh, we were talking with him and, and we were talking about how England use analytics and? He was uh, able to give us some examples. He obviously doesn't work for England, but he he said based on what he's seen, uh, how England play, um, the 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 area where the use of analytics is most obvious for England is with their bowling plans, and I think this match really was the perfect illustration of that. Uh, they didn't bowl too many overs, even in the first innings on on the first day when it was flat as fuck. Um, they didn't bowl too many uh, overs, or or they didn't try too many plans that didn't seem to make sense. Everything they did provide posed some sort of a challenge, even if the challenge was as basic as how are you going to score at more than three and over here. Um, yeah. They 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 kept at uh well whatever they were doing uh to to each batsman um really well they were patient and um and basically that meant that that where there was a skill differential uh England were able to exploit that so in the first innings that was uh Anderson's ability to control his line of length um and basically outweight the Sri Lankan batsman when it came to taking some of those wickets uh, not all. Some of them were just really good bowling, but some of them were, were to do with patience, um, and 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 some of that was around Mark Wood and the lengths he was bowling and 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 the way he bowled. And it, it was I mean, it was good to see Mark Wood um, take some wickets. But but it's it's I think it, 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 in this game um, uh, the the groundwork put in by the analysts and the planning and, and probably the the work that Joe Root and and Chris Silverwood have done to to just to work up these plans. Um, is the reason that England were able to find success um, and limit Sri Lanka when they were on top and exploit them pretty ruthlessly um, this morning on the fourth day? Well, it was it was interesting, right? Because this is the uh, apparently the first time in history that a uh, that all first innings wickets were taken by seamers and then all second wickets were taken by spin. Yeah, I'm not sure that was the exact plan, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> That's you what could... the computer said. The computer said, Paul, Jimmy Anderson, he'll take six for. It'll all be but fine, did... Bowl Leach, your best. But I think you did, you, like, it was able to, you were able to watch what England were doing in both mm. innings and, and, and say, uh, it, it's pretty obvious how they think they're going to get the guy out here or, or how they're going to think, they, they think they can stop him scoring runs. Whereas with Sri Lanka, Max, you're absolutely right. I mean, they were, they had like five boundary fielders for Dom Sibley. I don't like Dom simply doesn't defending, def, you know, and defending 160. Like, <laughs> what do they think he's going to do? Well, so, <laughs> so Jack, you touched upon kind of what England got right, so the Jimmy Anderson experience and well, using Mark Wood relatively effectively. Um, what did they get wrong? I mean, on the on the first innings, as we said, there was no wickets falling to the spinners. Um, was that something that what's going on there? Um, so. I... If I was going to take a make, make a or, or give you a cop out answer, I'd say the pitch was a bit flat. It was it was pretty dead on the first day. 
Yeah, and I, I think again, um, this these are passages of play that England, the England cricket team, and and us as um, watchers of the England cricket team will have to get used to. I think over the next two months because. Uh, there, there will be days in India where if you take five wickets and keep the team to keep the Indians under two hundred and seventy uh, for the for the days play, you'll, you'll you'll have achieved a victory, and it won't necessarily feel like it at the time, uh, but you will have. And I, I think, to some extent, although I think probably you'd say Sri Lanka had the better of day one, it, 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 they, it wasn't a runaway victory for them. Um, so. Why did England do badly? I don't think they did as badly as as it maybe looks on paper, mm-hmm. um, and, and I, I I think you can explain a large um, am- amount of that away by saying the pitch was flat, even if it is a bit of a cop out answer. I don't know. What do you think? Um, also, so, or, or Max, I think on the WhatsApp um, you mentioned that it it takes a little bit of time for Leach and Best to kind of warm up to kind of start hitting their stride a little bit? Is, is that a thing? Because, I mean, that's not going to be the case when you've got kind of um, Ashwin kind of bowling at you. He's on it from ball yeah, well, one. I was, I was thinking that more from the point of view that, in particularly Leach's case, he's not played much cricket at all. And, you know, in that, in that first test in particular, they were coming in from a bit cold, not a lot of preparation. And, and you know, you can you can understand that it might have taken them a bit longer. Uh, in this in this case, you know, you want to be going into a going into the game uh, slightly, slightly hotter, and uh, they do. You know, they, people talk about a lot with with spinners uh, as a batsman. You don't want to let them settle, so obviously it takes them time to settle. Uh, but I think um, the, the, what England uh, did well in the fact that their spinners weren't taking wickets is that they had, as Jack said, they had plans and they executed other plans. And um, Mark Wood, in particular, actually getting the ball to reverse a bit towards the end of the uh, that that old ball. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there was one one wicket in particular that was uh, a bit of a bit of late full late swing in LBW, which is uh, a lovely a lovely reverse. You love that wicket, don't you? It's so exciting. It's like back to the days of uh, Wasim and Wacker. So it's just nice to see England when have you know, a few more strings to their <laughs> a few more strings to their bow. Uh, well, yeah, I agree with that, and I think um, it was quite interesting as well. I mean, Sri Lanka we t- touched upon. Their second innings was a bit of a, a mismatch of um, weird and interesting shots, but they demonstrated in the first innings that they could apply themselves. I mean, Matthews hit a century, which we're not any of us are shocked about, uh, but he always loves scoring runs against England. Chandamal batted well, Pereira batted well, and um, Dick Weller um, moved into second place on a verited, very coveted um, position. Do you, do you know what that position is? Um, most runs without a century in test history. Correct. He's now behind Shane Warne. Correct. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, seventy-four innings, an average of thirty, and he currently sits about a thousand runs behind Shane Warne. He's <laughs> about two thousand three hundred. Um, uh, well, well in his sights there, I think. <laughs> uh, so, but what we wanted to, I wanted to tee up, kind of talking about Dick Weller, um, because he was kind of at the heart of the chat, which um, because of the lack of crowd and the lack of crowd noises, we're seeming to pick up a bit more kind of banter between um, the batsman and the uh, and the fielding side. Um, did any of you have any favourites or pick up any of the bits that Dick Weller, Dick Weller said to the English bats? No, I um, I did. I, he did do one, didn't he, to Sibley? Have you, I mean, I'm, just, I'm assuming you're doing this having to, to tee yourself up to yeah, be well, the, the uh, yeah, big yeah. Joke, joke boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my designated role on the podcast, joke boy. Uh, no, I was just wondering, so um, he asked Joe Root for his bat. 
<laughs> which I thought was uh, which was pretty good. Um, he ribbed Johnny Bairstow for being dropped for the India tour. Uh, England are saying that he's uh, he's being rested, which is fine. Um, but he'll happily take the IPL contract fee, which I thought was quite a good uh, quite a good ribbing. Um, and then Dan Lawrence in his what his second Test match, um, he was asking um, him to teach him some shots. He was, he was unbelievable at cricket. Um, and then the final one was asking Sibley if he was going to be in the Test team for. India. Um, I think that's perfectly part of fine of the game. I think most people would enjoy that, right? It's just not kind of obtuse sledging, is it? I think it was fine. Yeah, it's, a, it's a different level, isn't it? It's not. It's not that in-your-face Aussie. Uh, break your arm. We're gonna we're gonna kill you kind of thing. It's just a little. It's cheeky, mm. isn't it? Cheeky sledging. Yeah, that's my kind of sledging. It's the vaguely threatening stuff that Australians do. That is <laughs> is why people think it's not okay. <laughs> like sometimes it's overt threats like I'm going to break your fucking arm or get ready for a broken fucking arm yeah. um, sometimes it's can't wait to get you to the Gabba it's like why can't you wait to get them to the Gabba like it's it's not because, because I'm really bored of being Australian captain and I want it to yeah, end it's not Tim Payne wasn't saying that because he was excited to see Ashwin again uh, he wasn't like it's so much fun playing cricket with you uh, Ashwin like can't wait to see you next week uh, it was it was um, it was a darker Dark runs, I said. No, it was all right, wasn't it, Dick Weller? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Max, his uh, his cheeky nature reminded me of you actually. If uh, if you're a wicket keeper, I think you'd be Chand- uh, you'd be Dick Weller. Anyway, and if I were a Test cricketer, <laughs> I probably wouldn't be scoring any centuries. So again, <laughs> nailed it. Um, yeah. uh, when it comes to England's batting, so we've touched upon it a little bit, and Dom Sibley's um, kind of second innings. Um, he is awful to watch, though, isn't he? He's absolutely, or he looks. I don't know, he's his face is like Phil Jones esque. He doesn't really know what to do with his face when he's batting, and he's very rigid. Like the fridge is rigid. Um, has he actually worked out how to play spin bowling, or was he just fortunate? Because I mean, there was three umpires' call decisions that went his way. I actually don't. I don't think. Um, right. So there, there is a, quite a lot to discuss here, isn't there? <laughs> One, um, we need to be really clear. Uh, that Dom Sibley was lucky to get 50 today. Um, mm-hmm. Called Pajara Lucky on last week's podcast. People weren't happy with that. In, in just the same way as Pajara was lucky to not be out LBW. Uh, in almost exactly the same way, in fact, actually. Um, Dom Sibley yeah. was lucky to not be out LBW. Um, no, it wasn't It wasn't clicking leg stump, was it? <laughs> Having said that, having said that, I I think it was obvious that uh, Sibley has made some positive changes in 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 the last well two weeks basically, mm-hmm. um, and I think uh, this is um, an example of why he's been pretty successful uh, or reasonably successful in Test cricket so far. Um, you have to say in the first three innings he played in Sri Lanka he didn't look very good and he looked like he didn't really know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, in this match uh, even though he might have an ugly technique um, it was clear that he had a game plan and he was doing something a little bit differently Um, his weight transfer back and forward was a lot better Um, was he perfect no uh, he was not perfect but the that version of Dom Sibley can probably be an effective operator in those kind of conditions like I don't think he's going to be scoring centuries and winning your matches like Joe Root, but he's not he's moved out of the category of walking wicket uh if he if he plays like that. Because it was tricky. And I think I think um 
sort of counterintuitively because people don't do it in this country, but but facing the new ball against spin in Sri Lanka is hard because the, the ball's a little bit harder. It goes through the surface a bit more. The seam's a bit stronger, and it and it and, it, and the ball leaps. Um, but he actually, you know, he did all right. Um, I think, I think he did all right. Uh, he said after the game, didn't he, that um, he he actually came into the series feeling pretty confident, and then after the first test, uh, felt pretty bad, and then went to the nets <laughs> and did quite a lot of work. Um, so it's 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 encouraging that he has a um, pretty strong understanding of his own game and and how he um, can react to the flaws that he identifies. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think there's another aspect as well to to sort of the playing playing spin in Sri Lanka that you need to consider, which is well starting against spin. It's not something that these England players do very often at all. Right? You know, they'll play spinners in the county championship and they'll play on pitches that spin, but it's just a, it's a different experience having to start your innings against spin. And uh, I mean, you 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 don't even have to sort of look at Test cricket to experience that. Like if you ever played club cricket and played timed cricket, and you know you go in and you're playing, you're batting second, and they're using the old ball and they open with spin, and it is it's a it's a nightmare. So yeah, you know, it's just from personal, even from personal experience. For once, that you can equate to, to professional elite cricket is it's a different, um, uh, different side of things, both mentally and in terms of the, the skills required, and it takes a little bit of getting used to. And I think there were there were enough signs there that he's got the ability to do that. No, absolutely, in a short space of time as well. Yeah, I, I think um, in English cricket, basically you use a spinner in the in first class cricket anyway when nothing else has worked. Um, it's, it's not usually plan A, uh, and, and in this case, it very much was plan A and B. Um, yeah. from, unless, from unless, you're, unless you're Essex and have Simon Harmer in your in your team, then it's uh, then it's reasonable. Yeah, even then though, they're giving you like twenty five overs of Jamie Porter and Sam Cook to to soften the soften the ball up, and that'll be moving all over the place. I mean, so they will use Harmer more than uh, some clubs, but it's um, it's probably still their backup plan. So let's uh, let's stay with spin. Um, Emble Denier um, bowled reasonably well. Um, Root was pretty much unaffected by him. He uh, threw down two hundred and forty-seven deliveries to him. Uh, didn't get him out and was hit for two hundred runs. Um, so it's pretty good from Rooty. Um, however, England's other batsmen didn't do particularly well. Um, so I've got a question: Is Lemonland his? Uh, <laughs> his which is well, is is it the translation um, from? Uh, uh, Tamil, I'm guessing, to uh, English. Um, Sinhalese, maybe? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, is he any good? It's one of those yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. is, is, he, is he any good, or did we make him look a bit better than he, better than he is? Well, Max, you think he's go on, good. Jack, you go, no, Jack, you go no, first. No, because you have to say why he's good, so I can say why he's okay. bad. <laughs> right, well, I, I, uh, I think you have to look at it in, uh, in context. <laughs> I think he did. He did a decent job. I think he was by certainly the pick of Sri Lanka's bowlers. He looked threatening, uh, particularly with the new ball, and that's evidenced by the fact that he got most of England's batsmen out at some point. And um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he bowled, he bowled, he did go for he did leak a few runs, which is probably a, a concern. But I think some of that might also be down to just general like uh, the plans we spoke about spoke about how Sri Lanka set up and um, you know there are two sides to building pressure on a team one of which is bowling in the right areas which I think by and large he did and another one is having the right plans in the field like he's no he's not blown anyone away let's not let's not get carried away but he's certainly done a lot better than 
the uh, the previous I think eight tests he's played before then. Yeah, he's uh, he's shown that he's got a lot more about him than perhaps the the previous stats have suggested. Right. So Max, basically your turn. Your central argument here is that Embledenya is good because Embledenya used to be really really bad. <laughs> no, I'm saying Embledenya has clearly shown improvement from his previous experiences and you know he's he did he did it he had a decent series took a lot of wickets right. took a lot of wickets yeah, okay so we have to we have to accept that he did take a lot of wickets um in the cricket podcast whatsapp uh, i have been throwing around the term pie chucker to describe <laughs> embledenia and i i think you know on balance he probably by the standards of of cricket or or good bowler to pie chucker he's probably not in the absolute pie chucker um, category, is he? I mean, like he's not—he's not going to do a Dom Sibley, uh, a bowl it halfway down, and and and, and sort of second slip. Um, however, I think by international standard bowlers, he probably falls into the bad category. Um, I would be surprised uh, if he ever gets much better than this, and I don't think that this is particularly good. Um, I, I think if you look at the conditions he's bowling in, it's probably the best possible uh, scenario for him in mm. that he's bowling at home in Sri Lanka where he knows the conditions. Uh, he's bowling... England's top six are all right-handers. So there's no left-handers for him to bowl to um, at all. And at least two of them, uh, well, until maybe Sibley made some corrections, but at least two of them have some pretty serious issues uh against spin um i i don't really think i mean like what did what were his his figures for the for for the whole series ross you you broke it down into root and um, he, everyone else he took he took 15 wickets 15 yeah. wickets at for how many runs uh well, why don't you do some quick math 400? the average was 27.66 yeah i mean that so i think that in and of itself is not particularly good um I mean, you also have to factor in that it's England. I mean, we're talking, we're talking about um, probably, I mean, maybe New Zealand see less spin in their in their domestic game. None of these players really know these conditions. Um, they're 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 mil- and they milked him basically. Mm. I mean, mate, Joe Root was the chief milker as we've discussed, <laughs> but that there still runs against you. Um, so you know, like in summary, I think Embledenia. Uh, people were happy or excited about Embledenia basically because the rest of the bowlers were so bad that someone that, that, I mean, they, that, they were that is that is fair but I mean I would counter that by saying I'd counter that by saying that his figures as we've mentioned are blotted by the fact that Joe Root was in extremely extremely imperious form for the whole series yeah, but you can't that's and not how he it works. is a top but he's no he's a top he's top class player and he was in form, and he is a fantastic player of spin. And yeah, you can't yeah, say I'm good. Struggled against him. You can't say I'm good but, as long as no one else good turns up. No, it's what, <laughs> what I'm saying is like you, you you think about you think about the matchups, right? And compared to other England players who were not in the top tier, he did well. And then against the top tier, he did badly. So he probably sits somewhere between those tiers, but, but, i.e., not pie chucker. Okay. okay. Almost <laughs> every other team in the world is going to bring someone good, if not more than one player good, uh, with them. I I just don't see what's Embledon you're going to do that's better than that against the, against the perfect team for him to bowl. I mean, like, I, who, who's going to turn up and do worse than England? Maybe West Indies. Anyway, look, yeah. Embledon, yeah. let us know. Yeah. What yeah, do the, you think? The, the worst player ever to take a Test match temper. <laughs> 
Um, anyway, um, let's. Uh, someone should though, Max. Just before teach him the no ball rule, and I think they should teach Sri Lanka's spin bowlers the no ball rule, as it was uh, pretty embarrassing. There was fourteen in the test Un- match. Unforgivable, yeah. isn't it? Unforgivable. Um, anyway, um, what did we actually learn um, from? the test series of the horse. I think we've covered the test match itself. From the series, though, um, what, do, what do we learn? Um, and I'm going to start with the first question around um, Folks versus Butler, Max. Um, as it seemed to go all right for Butler this series. Yeah, yeah, Butler, Butler had a decent series. Uh, got his first ever stumping. Congratulations to him. Uh, that's, uh, that's a big, uh, big tick in the uh, checkbox list of things you should probably be able to do as a test match wicketkeeper. Um Batted, batted reasonably well. Scored, um, scored a good fifty and uh, looked solid today when um, when it was needed. So I think, yeah, overall successful um, tour for Butler. I think what I find a little odd about the whole Butler folks thing is that England, yeah, you know, they've got this rest policy and they've said already that uh, Butler will play the first Test of India and folks will play the last three. Mm-hmm. Which suggests to me that they're obviously aware that Folks is the best wicketkeeper because they're playing him in the hardest games, but they're also just throwing him in cold after Butler played in Sri Lanka. So I, I just, I don't really understand. And f- for me, I mean, Dan, Dan Lawrence came in and you know he had one good innings and then looked a bit, bit shaky aside from things. I, if they're that intent on getting Butler in the team, which they obviously are because he is a phenomenal batsman, why not just? play Butler as a batsman and have folks keep and then you don't have to worry about you know like him going into India for those last three tests and you know being caught a little bit cold I I just yeah maybe at least give him one game in Sri Lanka to kind of get a feel for things yeah I think um, Butler's gonna be a big loss when he goes isn't he uh he's 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 transformed himself from (laughs) You've changed your tune. You've changed your tune. Well, Butler's changed his performance. That's what happens after a transformation, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not going to look at that and be like, oh, we don't don't want a guy who averages 55 at the team. (laughs) (laughs) He was on the precipice. I I, I liked Butler before he was cool, mate. I liked Butler before he was cool. But anyway, sorry, I I cut over you there, Jack. No, I I think um, think he'll be a big loss. That's the the point. Um, I, I, I think at this... Uh, at this moment in time, um, you're wrong if you think folks should be in the team instead of him. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm now saying as well. Okay, yeah. well we've moved you on the dial. That's that's it. Um, what I also liked about and Max, you mentioned Butler's innings, um, but also Johnny Bairstow's innings. Um, I think it was clear that the ODI and IPL pressure cooker had actually produced actually a, a different type of England bat, so a different mentality actually going out and playing going out and playing your shots in what easily could have been old England and bowled out for 80. So uh, I was quite impressed on that. Um, openers, we've already talked about Sibley to death. Um, Zach Crawley, does he retain his place in the upcoming tour for India as a st- in a starting berth? I think it would be slightly mental if they got rid of him because he had had a bad series well, I, in, I think in he'll, Sri Lanka. He'll bat it, he'll bat it three, won't he? Because Johnny Bairstow's been rested. We've sort of talked... So I assume that's what will happen. We've sort of talked about the England... Um, batting lineup a few times on this show and, and how it's better structured if there are three people capable of opening in the top three. Um, the And this is probably why Bairstow doesn't stay in the team, even though he played quite well in, in Sri Lanka. Um, I, I In my mind, Bairstow's competing for one of the stroke maker roles in the team and he isn't better than Root, he isn't better than Stokes and he isn't better than Butler. So you can't, you you can maybe fit him in instead of 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 Pope uh, or or Lawrence, where I think they're kind of interchangeable. But I don't think he gets in 
ahead of the the engine room, if you like, of the England middle order. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that leaves the top three, which do, or which in the English summer did a really good job um, overall of setting up um, Root, um, Stokes, and, uh, and and Butler. And I I think messing around with that formula too much is why England were rubbish for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, not rubbish, but you'd have these players and you, like, you, I mean, you, you we've, well, we've we, all we've seen... won games, but we were 50 for four every yeah, time. Yeah, we've seen games where, I mean, we've seen Stoke, um, Stokes dominate teams. We've seen uh, Root dominate Sri Lanka here and dominate many teams in the past. Butler's come to the party now. Um, and uh, and the, the, the thing that was missing, though, was, was any kind of a platform or plan to enable that and everyone would always say oh it would be great one day when XYZ gets to come in and the score would be blah 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 for blah 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 <laughs> and it never happened it's it didn't just, happen for 50 tests reason, because it? not because we were trying them. like it was just a, it was just a revolve it was a circus at number three yeah. Like everyone got to go there. Stokes had to go there. Moe Nally had to go there. But Bairstow had to go there. And I, I think Crawley... Sam Curran probably had to go there. Crawley, does he solve England's... Uh, is, is he is he Crawley 267 Crawley? Or is he Crawley 20 runs for the series Crawley? Probably neither. He's probably a slightly better than Joe Denley English number three. Like you- I, ima- I imagine someone better than him will come along at some point. Maybe that'll be Dan Lawrence. Maybe that'll be Ollie Pope. And 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 there could be some questions about his place in the team. But for now, for the next year, who's who who is a better option uh, as as one of those those opening three? And who's a better option than Sibley? And who's a better option than Burns? And I, I think those three as a combination uh, give you a lot of insurance and set up the rest of the team so nicely that you would have to be Ed Smith to want to break that up. So I imagine <laughs> in a couple of weeks' time, it will be Moeen Alley at number three. Uh, so you mentioned Sam Curran in there, maybe not in his uh, usual position batting at number three. Um, what do we think about that fifth spot in, in, in that England lineup? Is Sam Curran the right person to have there? Um, and We're obviously going to change it for India. Was it mm. worthwhile having that person in there, or should we have taken a bat? Or what, what, what is or is it is it a moot point? Well, I think in in terms of when Jack was talking about the the revolving door and keeping things consistent, mm. that's probably the one position where you could have a bit of a revolving door and, and mix things up a bit, especially depending on who you're playing against. So you know, Sam Curran does a job um, in you know with when the ball's swinging a bit and uh, has you know he's I think he's a clever bowler and he he offers something with the bat most of the time didn't do much this series but it didn't matter um chris wokes we all know what he can do especially at home and uh, they they're probably not too dissimilar yeah or you yeah you, know, you could bring in Moen Alley and have an extra spinner if it's a spinning pitch i think that's probably the one bit of the team where you can afford a bit of flexibility and be a bit more creative about your selections yeah i mean i think the thing with current that's becoming probably slightly more obvious is that um he is very rarely the best choice for any particular condition um, however, he is often not the worst choice. So if you, that sounds, I don't know how, how well that came across. But so you're basically saying if you're not sure how things are going to turn out, he's a safe Exactly. Bet. So I think in English yeah. conditions, when it's you're pretty sure it's going to seem around, Chris Wokes is a banker 
over Sam Curran. But if it's going to be sunny, uh, maybe you're playing at the Oval where it's a bit flatter, Sam Curran can do a few things um, that, that Wokes can. I mean, like he's left-handed, which is something that Wokes can't do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you don't know that. We've not asked him. We've not asked him. Chris Wokes could do anything. Um, so, but, so he gives you that he gives you that little point of difference, which means that he will be able to ask some questions. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't love him, and I don't think he should. You should be if you're an English selector, you should be trying to build your team around Sam Curran. But he he will usually contribute something, and he can bat a little bit. He can't bat anywhere near as well as people think he can bat, but he can bat a little bit, which. Um, which is all right. Uh, personally, I, I think when Stokes is back in the team, you pick another batsman um, for India because I, 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 I have doubts about um, the the length of the tail if seven, eight, nine, um, ten, and eleven are yeah. all, all, all bowlers really by trade. Uh, even if they're bowlers who can bat, um, which which Don summer. Best, which yeah, Don Best didn't didn't uh, didn't do too badly, did he? Oh, they're not mugs, and neither the current's not a mug either. But like. Uh, if if the choice was you can play Ollie Pope or Dan Lawrence, um, and you have Stokes in your team to, to to give you some backup overs, and you've got Root in your team to give you some backup spin options, um, or you can have Curran. Uh, I think in India, uh, somebody who can bat basically <laughs> in a, in, a, in different conditions, and so maybe maybe block out a hundred balls when you're trying to get a draw, or maybe uh, have a little bit of a dash near the end. Um, I, I think it's probably more valuable, um, but that, that, that's more. It's, I think Curran's diverse range of skills make him a little bit more important than I think probably I've certainly given him credit for. Uh, well, to wrap up this segment, uh, we all predicted uh, a two-nil victory. So well done, gents! Another successful prediction from the cricket podcast. Max, you said that Emble Denier would be the leading wicket taker. So congratulations! <laughs> and I said that, and yeah. I said that Joe Root would be the leading run scorer. So uh, well, uh, a yeah, we know our stuff, a, a don't hat-trick. we? We know our stuff on the cricket podcast. Um, and I just wanted to ask, what was your favourite <laughs> moment of the Test series? Uh, my favourite moment um, was delivered by Mark Wood, who decided to come in and block, block block, block again, and then decide to try to hit Embledenia, um into the sea. Uh, really quite a staggering way to get out and uh, rather stupid, but um, great to see as always from uh, the ever entertaining Mark Wood. Uh, Jack, what about you? Oh, a moment of the series. I, I, um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like most of the time Joe Root was batting was pretty good. <laughs> I, I think... Um, it was a real I clinic, think, wasn't it? It was a real clinic. Yeah, yeah. Watching. I mean, Dom Sibley sort of summed it up best when he said, watching Joe makes me feel quite inadequate, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a little bit more on Joe, uh, which maybe maybe we can finish a bit off, because I don't think we've actually given him enough credit, and I've got his, some of his stats for the series. But yeah. uh, Max, maybe if you, uh, if you let your moment... Yeah, moment. it's a difficult one, because I was asleep for quite a lot of the cricket. <laughs> but... Um, I, I would I would say I would give my moment to Jack Leach getting his Pfeiffer. I think it's uh, was... a well-deserved moment for a man who's uh, had some trouble and um, worked really hard. And well done to him. Fair play. Yeah, Lovely sure. Um, just, should I do the root bit? Would you yes, like to please. hear about Joe Go Root? Yes, please. Uh, yes, well... I'll... Let's eulogize. Take his home on Route 66. Yeah, I mean, it was this. I, I was, I was before, When I was doing my show notes, I was, um, I was wondering whether I should complain about watching cricket from the forks. I think that's stupid. Um, or talk about Joe Root, and I went with Joe Root. Um, mm-hmm. But it is important that you know that I think the, the people who go to Sri Lanka and watch the cricket from the fort, where you can go into the ground, are dumb. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Joe Root. 
So I'd look at a little bit of uh, analysis on, on Joe Root. Uh, he scored 426 runs across 649 balls at an average of 106.5, um, which if you're new to cricket is good. Uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, as, as, as some more analytically minded people will tell you, it's the, it's the process uh, which you actually need to have a look at when you judge whether a thing was good or whether a thing was repeatable. And um, when it comes to cricket, when it comes to test match batting, probably the best indicator of whether someone's batting process and, and their skills is effective or not is to look at the number of false shots they play. Um, fellas, I don't know if I do you, do, you, do you know off the top of your head roughly how many false shots it takes to take a wicket in, in test cricket? I'm going to go... Eight. No, Ross, do you have a quick, just any number? Well, if it's James Vince, one. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 15, 15, I reckon. That's really close, Ross. It's, it's about 14. And as you say, um, there are there, there's a little bit of flex in there. Some people's false shots are more likely to be out. James Vince would be one of them uh, than others. But, but roughly, it's, it's about 14. Um, so across the 649 balls Joe Root faced, um, he only played 45 false shots. Uh, that's about 7% of the balls he faced. If your quick at maths, uh, 45 divided by 14 gives you 3.2. Um, Root was out four times in the series, uh, which actually suggests that maybe all of those runs he scored, uh, for all of those runs he scored, he was actually a little bit unlucky not to have scored uh, a few more. So I think um, an absolute performance for the ages there. Uh, are Sri Lanka the greatest test team in the world? No, not not at all. Uh, but I think what we saw from Root um, was was really special, yeah. uh, and I, I'd be surprised if we see anyone perform away from home for England as, as well as that anytime soon. Well, it sets up a great year, right? We've got a huge Root, Root in India, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean, if he keeps that up, yeah, false shot every seven or only seven percent of the balls you face. Uh, that that would actually be something that that could give India. Um, trouble or, or, or give England a chance but yeah absolutely well that wraps up uh, the England versus Sri Lanka segment we will be back after a quick break following IPL auction um, preparation with the release and retention strategies of each of the sides Max I'm going to call you Dick Weller Row Brown from now on I reckon <laughs> okay not near a <laughs> There was big news in the IPL last week as the various franchises announced who they would be retaining and who they would be releasing prior to the 2021 mini auction. Um, fellas, we wrote an article on our Substack. Uh, what, what's the thing? The, the cricketpod.substack.com if you want to go and read it. Uh, where we had a look at the various different draft strategies that we expect the IPL franchises uh, to have um, going into the the auction on the 18th. Um, This is the audio version of that. Um, They will complement each other, 
we'll explore different points on the on the show uh, and, and we'll go into some other details in, in, the, in the written piece. So, so do engage with both. Um, first question, are you excited for the auction? I think um, from my point of view, it's not been too long since the old IPL finished, right? It finished in November. Um, and actually, I'm really excited for it. Lockdown is terrible. And actually having something like the <laughs> IPL to look forward to is, is brilliant. And I think the um, just how the IPL is managed and organised keeps it interesting. You have no idea what they're going to do next. And I mean, it was a surprise to me that they had like, a, a night of the long knives, didn't they, for this? This is wake up one day, <laughs> careers are... Reti- like People got retired by this. And it, like, just, people just didn't give a shit. They didn't care about long-served players. And I think that just adds to the drama of it all. Yeah. Um, so you, you touched on a good point there, Ross. Like You never really know what's going to happen in, in the IPL. I said that the auction would be on the 18th of February. I don't actually know if that's 100% being confirmed yet. Uh, a couple of other things haven't been confirmed, uh, given that we're only sort of three weeks away from that. Uh, who exactly has been released from KKR? Big question marks there, <laughs> Ross. That's yeah. your job in a minute to try and get to the bottom of that. Um, and who is actually going to be in the auction? Um, that that third point, we've got a pretty sh- firm understanding, I think, of, of who the key men uh, on on the auction block will be. Um, well, I'm guessing it's going to be anyone who wants to play in the World Cup. Yeah, it should be a pretty it should be a pretty stellar year for the IPL. Um, do we need to explain any of the terms we're talking about? Because I am aware that we have a range of listener experience when it comes to the Indian Premier League. This this will be the first IPL that some people are are building up to. Uh, others maybe the second. Some people the third. I think it's important at this point you'll see you'll see from just even the strategies and the way we talk about some of the teams you'll probably be able to draw out which team you want to support moving forward so actually just bear that in mind as the as I said the drama and I don't know each of them now has a bit of personality so it's uh, it's really quite good yeah oh, that's a good point Ross I mean, well, I'll explain I'll explain what's actually going to happen in a second but one of the, the things that English fans quite often say about the IPO is that the franchises don't have much personality and they're all a little bit faceless uh but actually like that isn't really the case there it's been going for i mean what is it 30 is this the 13th or 14th ipl now i think 14th yeah yeah um there's 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 uh an established history to a lot of these franchises there are storylines that basically come up over and over again and some of these players have played with the same uh franchise or maybe a couple of franchises for most of the the tournament's existence um so yeah, like it's it's good basically, um, yeah, I mean, and they've all got they've all got poster boys as well. So you can literally just pick a team based on who you well hate the least in some cases. You know? Yeah, or if you're English, some, you can uh... support Rajasthan Royals, which is the kind of default. They've got Stokes and Butler, haven't they? Um, and Archer. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, the 18th, we should make a distinction here between a mega auction and a mini auction. Um, what are we having this year, Max? We're having a mini auction this and year. And what's the difference between a mega auction and a mini auction? Well, a mega auction's bigger, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, the the actual difference, that was the, that is the correct answer, but that was the smart-ass answer as well, wasn't it? It's <laughs> <laughs> not like Max. <laughs> the, the actual answer, um, so every few years in the IPL, and again, this doesn't always happen because there was supposed to be a mega auction this year and it's been postponed, Um Every few years, the teams have to release basically their whole squad. I think they're allowed to retain like three or four players and they all go into a big auction 
and and teams rebuild basically their franchise from scratch. Um, this year, that hasn't happened. Um, so teams got to choose who they would release. Um, all of the teams have released some players, uh, but not all of them have released loads of players. Uh, the players who have been released are added to the players who didn't play in the IPL last year, and they form this year's auction pool, who teams will obviously bid on. So it's actually... Um, if you're aware of the concept of an auction, not big, not big fan difficult. of bargain hunt. <laughs> not not too difficult to um, to follow, I don't think. Homes under the hammer, but with people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a that's a path we're not going to go down. Um, any questions, Max? You're playing the role of the uninformed audience member. Oh, I think that's all uh, abundantly clear to me. Thank you, Jack. Great. Um, well, we're going to go through the teams now. We're going to have a little chat about who they've released, who they might want to pick up at the auction, um, and probably poke a little bit of fun at MS Stoney along the way. Um, that comes you. from a that comes from a position of love. We will caveat this by by saying that that we do like all Indian cricketers. You're such um, a coward. <laughs> So where, where, anyway, where, where, where are we going to start then, Jack? We're going to start, we're going to do this alphabetically, um, which is controversial. In our written piece, we didn't do it that way. Go and have a look at it. <laughs> is, that because, is that because that's the order they've got them on the IPL website? No, it's just the alphabet that works that way. <laughs> anyway, starting with Chennai Super Kings. Um, so, alphabetically, Chennai comes first of the, the eight franchises in the IPL. The Super Kings have released or retired six players, probably the most high profile being Shane Watson. Uh Pierce Chawler's also in the mix. And um I think there's one other person who I Harbajan Singh's gone. Harbajan Singh, of course. Yeah, we should we don't want to forget uh Harbajan. Um Ross, you had a look into CSK. <laughs> what do you think their plan for the auction will be? So I mean it's fair to say they had uh, by their standards, they had a torrid um, IPL 20. I mean, they failed to qualify for the uh, playoffs for the first time in their history. Um, and so in some in some aspects, people could think they could panic. But actually, they've got Dhoni at the helm. He's ice cool. He's one of those people who values um, kind of experience around. He likes the value of a team. Um, and he likes to do things his, his own way, really. I don't think he wants to surround himself by people who have got a lot of opinions um, because he's he is a demigod in himself, right? Um I thought they were, they did the right thing of getting rid of some of their players. I, th- I think they've missed a trick a little bit. They've only left um, one place available for an overseas slot in their squad, whilst retaining the likes of kind of DJ Bravo, who uh, kind of underwhelmed. Santner was okay, but she, she could be able to get a kind of a better spinner potentially. Um, in terms of what they're looking for, we ha- we have to be careful here that CSK last time out, didn't win because their strategy was a bit outdated. And I think when they were based in Abu Dhabi and based in Dubai in the UAE, their home strategy of what they used to used to follow, spinners and tying up and everything like that, didn't really work, did it? No. No. Um, <laughs> in so, one word. Yeah, fair, fair to say. <laughs> Um, so I think actually their average squad age sits at over 31 now, um, which kind of shows you that 
and IPL, the the marginal gains in um, IPL is around the fielding aspect, just as much as any anything else, right? You need to be a mobile team. The way in which you field saving runs, I mean, you saw it for Mumbai Indians, Delhi Capitals. There's some great fielders in there, and they did really well last year. Um, unfortunately, they've decided to um, not go down the route of picking kind of the youth. Um, they've already traded for Robin uh, Utapa, who is um, he's he's shit. That's, he's old. Not, yeah, he's old. He averaged, um, oh, what was it? I think he's averaged 16, six, I think. Yeah, 16 yeah. A, a strike rate of 119. And uh, and then his strike rate before that was 115 in the previous IPL. So he's not exactly what they were really looking for. Um, they did, towards the end of the tournament, discover kind of Guy Quad, who was a revelation, wasn't he, at the top of the order. And they, he filled, they filled a much-needed gap. Yes, yeah, he came in for he came in for Shane Watson and um, was was a lot better than elderly Shane Watson. Yeah, and, that, and that's no disrespect to old Shane. He did. Yeah, uh, no, he is, he is ninety-seven. Yeah, like, it's, it's, <laughs> I, look, if I if I make it to ninety-seven and I've got an IPL gig, I'm going to be happy. I will mm. consider that a successful life. Yeah, Zimmer frame before wicket. Um, anyway, um, I think when it comes to that, the top order, they've got Suresh Rainer back, the second all-time run score in the IPL. Um, after a year out and kind of some personal issues, you can't be sure of how good that guy is going to be. Um, so I think they they need to look for kind of a star at the top of the order um, to partner Faf Geikward in in that kind of top three. Um, in the article, we kind of touch upon the, the Aussie duo of Steve Smith and Aaron Finch, um, established T20 players. Um, Steve Smith is Steve Smith. He didn't do too well last out for Rajasthan Royals. Um, but there's some other options available, considering kind of the English trio as well of David Milan. I think he's got number one T20 player in the world right now. Yeah. Um, yep. Alex Hales, who's probably up there in number five. Um, and Jason Roy so there's, there's, they've got some options here and they've got a bit in the bank to actually play with um, however because they've because everyone that kind of knows what they need it's a bit of a risky auction strategy because their competitors could like bolster up that price and when everyone else is going probably for the same players um, I'm thinking that this mini auction might end up being a bit of a mega auction when it comes to the amount of money that they do throw, throw around I think I think that's definitely. I think that there's a few players who are going to go for mega bucks. I think. I mean, looking at CSK's squad, um, Ross, you're absolutely right that they should have released at least one more overseas player. They're they they've only they go into this auction with it is just one overseas slot, mm. um, and and they really <laughs> probably <laughs> need uh, upgrades on a couple of their overseas players, uh, and I. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's there's a view going round that the CSK are just going to put any team out onto the field um, for this year's IPL. Hope for the best. Um, Re uh, Dhoni pulling off a miracle. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe if they're able to play back in Chennai, the, they'll be able to revert back to their spin plan. And then at the mega auction next year, they'll rebuild the team. Uh, I yeah. I think they. I mean, I suppose that they were they might have been planning for that this year. In in fairness, with it being you know, and the long term strategy with it being um, pushed back, that might have been something they were looking towards with the aging squad. Well, I know. I think going into this year, you're probably right, Max. But I, I I think they they had the opportunity to be a little bit more creative with um, those overseas positions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you know, I maybe they maybe maybe they maybe they'll do something surprising. I I think they haven't left themselves enough room to make themselves good enough to compete this year. So I, I actually think um, they're going to spend a lot of money on someone probably not that great uh, and, and then be stuck in the same boat as they were last year. 
Well, it's, it's quite interesting, right? Because they have released Donut Boy, haven't they? So Piers Trawler, oh um, who, who uh, let, let, let's be honest, he was he was rubbish last year, and he clearly he clearly took being in a lockdown hotel as that the buffet is always on. And uh, the guy was not only a, a f- way too overweight and awful in the field, shit with a bat, and as their leading leg spinner, only took six wickets and went at an economy rate of over nine and over. That is not what you want, and he has been duly released. Um, <laughs> thank goodness from CSK. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem for them, is, though, I mean, who who are they going to get to bring in here? Is, are they going to look for a performer from, um, is, the, is it the Saeed Mushtaq uh, trophy? Yeah, so, uh, so it's, it's interesting, right? Because you could say that they need that top order bowler, but they do have kind of Jadeja. They've retained Santner, as I said, who is okay. Like, he's not. He's a pretty. He's pretty handy. Uh, they've got Khan Sharma as well, and the forty-two-year-old Imran Tahir in their uh, in their overseas slot, um, who cannot field as well, by the way, but is quite a handy bowler still. Um, so this could mean that they have to be forced into the all-rounder market. And when you've got... I mean, we'll go through the other squads, but Glenn Maxwell is in going to be high demand of this of this tournament. Um, Moeen Ali, uh, released by RCB, could also be there. Um, and I mean, a bit of an outside one, with it, as Max said earlier, the World Cup. It is a World Cup year. Um, people are going to be looking to push themselves into their national sides. So actually, could we see someone like Joe Root put himself in the mix? Because he's a decent spinner, decent enough uh, for Yorkshire, but actually, is is he going to try and make that move? I think we'll wrap up on uh, CSK now. Um, I think as much as much uh, positive stuff as I had to say about Joe Root fifteen minutes ago, I I think if you spend money on Joe Root in the IPL um, and expect him to be a big performer uh, with bat or ball, you probably need to seriously seriously <laughs> reevaluate. Um, your strategy, uh, <laughs> to be honest. Anyway, so, so CSK, they're, they're left with uh, 22 uh, crore rupees. And how, how which much is, is that? That's about £2.2 million. Um, pounds. So you, you, as, a, as a rough calculation, if you, if you turn each crore into 100,000, you get kind of roughly what it comes out at. Mm. That's a lot of money. That's, that's sort of in the top... Well, it's about middle in terms of the the, the pots of money around. Um, it's significantly more than three of the teams. <laughs> um, they'll probably have to lump that all or a large chunk of that on a really good overseas player if they're going to be competitive. Uh, I'd expect them to do that, but I think the rest of the squad uh, it will probably let them down. And I, I think there are some better teams to talk about why, um, and we'll get into that. Uh, but bearing in mind, we want to sort of keep... The podcast to less than a day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shall we move on to Delhi Capitals? Uh, if you're if you're interested in why we're doing Delhi Capitals next, it's because D comes next in the alphabet. D for Delhi, Delhi Capitals. Uh, they released five players, um, including uh, among those uh, Jason Roy and. Lamachani. So neither of those players played them last year. Not a massive surprise, but but a couple of reasonably talented cricketers there that, that I think we'll see snapped up by someone else. Uh, in terms of how they did last year, they 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 actually played pretty well. They were the they were the runners up. They lost to uh, Mumbai in the final, which you know there's nothing to be ashamed of there. That is a good team they have lost to, and and Delhi Capitals are I think were well, I think probably comfortably the second best team in the tournament overall. Mm-hmm. Um, which means they're probably not looking to a massive rebuild here and are maybe looking for one or two upgrades and some backup players. 
Uh, they don't have the biggest auction pot, about 13 crore rupees, which is uh, £1.3 million pounds for our UK listeners. Where would they like to upgrade? Uh, Max, if you were the Delhi Capitals strategist, which area of their game would you would you guess or would you would you would you spend that 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 million pound on um i it's, it's got to be six hitting isn't it i think for that's me. absolutely right boundaries yeah the last year they struggled um with run rate um they they have nokia and rabada uh as as overseas bowlers overseas quick bowlers which is good generally a good ipl strategy is to have a couple of good overseas fast bowlers and nokia and rabada are pretty fucking tasty <laughs> Uh, they pair that with um, Aksar Patel and uh, Ravichandran Ashwin, uh, so pretty pretty decent in the spin department, and they kind of muddle through with Stoinis bowling some over. So bowling-wise, they're all right. Um, batting, though, yeah, they they really don't have that much explosive power. Um, so where will they be looking to get that, I think, is the, is, is the question. Um, and I think they may be looking to upgrade... Um, on Shimran Hetmeyer, who played a lot of games with them last year, not the the biggest return. I mean, Shimran Hetmeyer is not awful, but I think they might uh, want to look elsewhere. Uh, who could that be? Well, I think um, there are a couple of English players, um, and, and and there are other players available in the auction. But I think looking at what's going on in the BBL, uh, there's one player who's head and shoulders above everyone else in terms of in terms of who. I would pick up if I were Delhi, uh, and that's Alex Hales. Um, they struggled last year at the top of the order with Pritvi Shaw. Um, Hales is a huge upgrade on Pritvi Shaw opening the batting, uh, and he's a pretty big upgrade on Shimron Hetmeyer in terms of utility for your overseas player. Uh, that also gives him the option, I think, to maybe change Rishab Pant's role slightly, drop him down to five to take on the Hetmeyer duties, and pair him with Stoinis so that they have a, a better run rate in the second half of the innings. Um, that's what I would do if I were them. Um, and I, I, I think probably that's what they they will, or, or something like that is what they will try and do. Yeah, um, and, and, and that's because they've got someone like Ayer and Darwin at the top of the order, right? They've got strong Indian batting there. Yeah. Yeah, they have uh, the 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 Capitals don't really need to worry too much about recruiting Indian talent because the Indian talent on that team is is so strong. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's it's it probably is that that one that little edge uh, in terms of explosiveness that's stopping them from competing strongly with um, with Mumbai. Um, and that's the Capitals. I don't think we need to say any more on them. They're probably going to be one of the smaller movers in um, in this year's IPL auction. Ready, ready for the Kings eleven? Oh yes. There's a big jump here, isn't there, from D to K, but there are no... <laughs> <laughs> so Kings Evan Punjab, um, they are one of the teams who went rogue. Um, they <laughs> detonated their squad, uh, ditched five overseas players, got rid of Cottrell, Hardest Viljean, Nisha, Majib, and most controversially, controversially, Glenn, Big Show. Maxwell. Max, did it surprise you to see the Kings Eleven get rid of Maxwell? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it did. I mean, he didn't have a great season last season, he, he, so he, I assume that a was fucking awful behind season. there. <laughs> did, it, it, yeah. it didn't even hit. It did, the Big Show didn't even hit one six, mate. <laughs> no, but it was, it was, it was. You know, it was a different competition. It was in the UAE. It was in conditions that you don't normally play in. There was, Boundaries you know, are much bigger, weren't they? 
Yeah, yeah, Sharjah <laughs> in particular. But I mean, when you have someone like that in your team, like it's sort of, it's not really someone that you want to ha- risk giving to someone else because he. I mean, I. I'm almost guarantee that at some point in this IPL, he will win a game for someone against Kings Eleven Punjab. That is just going to happen, isn't it? Um, I I I think I would basically agree with that. Um, I think if you look at this Kings Eleven side, uh, what stopped them getting to the playoffs last year? So they finished uh, fifth or sixth. Um, it was basically that they didn't score enough runs in the back half of their innings, and they didn't stop other teams plundering them. Um, so I think if you look at the release list that there. Getting rid of Nisham, and I think getting rid of Cottrell as well, I'm afraid, probably makes sense to free up some funds for a bowler. But Glenn Maxwell doesn't make sense in terms of your problem with scoring runs. Uh, Like, yeah, sure, Ross, you're absolutely right. He had a pretty average uh, IPL in 2020, but he is still Glenn Maxwell. He's still in the ICC T20 team of the decade. Uh, I just think it's so weird to give um, your your competitors the option to buy him. do you know what wouldn't surprise me? If they got him back? Exactly. I think they, the Kings 11 Punjab might be trying to um, cut the amount of money they're playing for Maxwell. Uh, they were playing... <laughs> they paid, I think it's going to backfire. <laughs> they paid an awful lot of money to Maxwell last year for not that much. I think they'll recognise his talent. Uh, he can bowl a little bit as well. He's a really good option, basically. Uh, but yeah, I, I, it's a, it's a high-risk money-saving ploy. Um, but there is, there is the bit right that some other so other Indian franchises might go well. It's all it's all well and good you smashing runs in the BBL, but actually you couldn't do it last year. So actually people might look to avoid him. You you never know. You I don't, don't know, know how man. these things are going to go. He's he. I think he's got a track record. He's had really good years in the IPL. He's not necessarily the most consistent. I think he's had seasons where he scored five hundred and fifty runs at one hundred and seventy, and he's had seasons like last year. Um, yeah. So you're not you're not. He's not an instant win card. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. but that, that, he, that, he they, that's it. Yeah, the Kings Eleven would have done much better last last year if they had Glenn Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's just that is just the crux of it, isn't it? Uh, so, yeah. who who else should they be looking for, Jack? Well, I, so I think this will, this will be one of the big money spends of of the auction. Um, so Akash Chopra, who probably knows more about this than us, but you know, um, we can't confirm that he. He thinks that um, Kings Eleven Punjab have got rid of all these overseas players and freed up an absolutely massive stack of money to make a play for Mitchell Stark, who is highly likely to enter the auction this year. Missed the IPL last year and I think the year before, building up to the 2019 World Cup. This year, 2020 World Cup year, I reckon he'll fancy a bit of the IPL. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Kings Eleven Punjab really would love uh, a bit of Mitchell Stark. It's it's the area, isn't it? Fast bowling is the area where they were rubbish last year. Rahul Tuacha was hitting people out the ground. Um, all sorts of ridiculous results were happening because they couldn't get anyone out with their fast bowlers. Um, Stark <laughs> solves that problem immediately by uh, upgrading your pace of attack from probably the worst in the tournament to maybe the second best or, or yeah. third best. And I don't, I don't think that Stark's batting could be under, underrated either. Like he is a hitter. He's long levers, end of the innings. He can get you that extra twenty five runs that push, pushes you past the line. Yeah, another good point. Um, I, I think there's a, the possibility that could Kings Eleven Punjab. They don't always spend their whole salary cap. They're probably one of the the in quotes smaller market teams. Um, so if someone else really wants Stark, I think they might settle for Chris Morris or Kyle Jameson, 
who who will be floating around as well. But I, I, it looks like Starks the one they want. And if they get him, uh, I think that changes the team's projection. They probably go from like a little bit of a joke to one of the actual favourites to win the IPL, uh, which which would be a good acquisition. And, this, and remember, uh, for our listeners, this is the team that has Chris Gale in their midst, so uh, not to be underestimated either. Exactly. Um, that brings us on to KKR. Now, Owen Morgan's KKR are kind of the mystery team in this because it isn't necessarily clear who they have released. <laughs> is it, Ross? No, so uh, from about four or five different official sources, as they name themselves, it wasn't clear whether Harry Gurney or Ali Khan, the uh, USA cricketer, um, were released, retained or whatever else. And it just wasn't clear. So we're going to assume that they have both been released and the KKR have a couple of uh, overseas spots remaining. Um, It was a bit of an interesting year last year for KKR. Um, They were kind of bandaged together, really. I mean, they had um, injured Andre Russell, who being one of the best players of all time of T20 cricket was a major loss to them. Um, They had a mid-season captaincy change, which didn't reap any dividends. Um, But they've not gone full... They're not going to fall RCB on this. They've actually kept quite, they've kept a uh, kept the core of players together, um, and I think it's quite clear um, of what positions they actually want to pick up. I don't think they're going to have the money. They've only got about a million quid to spend, um, so actually they're going to have to be really careful where they who they get involved with. Um, pace wise, they've got Lockie Ferguson, they've got Cumdog, um, Pat Cummins, that is. Um, so maybe he needs a bit more support. Um, Tom Curran could potentially come into that mix. Uh, we kind of had a bit of a discussion last night whether uh, Tom Curran's a middle overs bowler or a death bowler. He's just p- probably quite a handy person to have. And actually, I don't think he's going to go um, for as much money as he did last time as people actually can recognise Sam Curran from Tom Curran now, which is really useful for everybody involved. Um, Son Ryan as a T20 player, he was pretty pants last year when he the the the, <laughs> the the night the night rider franchise technique of opening up him and following the data on that one didn't work out and that's fair enough um but Kuldeep Yadav um could well find a bit of form um who I do think they should um look to again we've mentioned Hales before but I, I really do think they need the firepower up the top they've got prodigy boy Shubran Gill up the top um Dennis Kartik and Rahul Tripathi are not going to do anything they are mediocre IPL players at best and that was represented with their averages of below 20 last year um, David Milan Jason Roy again in the mix um, even a Joe Denley or James Vince potentially if we're going to continue no. the English thing um, but actually I think they'll end up <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll end up spending some big money on an open on a top order batsman so they could free up there are there are too many good batsmen potentially available to be going for James Vince yeah. at this auction yeah. oh, poor, um, James, poor James Vince has had it for this podcast hasn't he? We, we, I, think, <laughs> I think KKR's problem um, it's not. It's not a huge problem because they're only trying to fill uh, a small number of slots. Uh, but they've they've got about ten crore available. Um, Kings Eleven Punjab have got fifty three crore available. Uh, so th- there are teams in this auction with five times the amount of resources that they have. Um, Kolkata Knight Riders core team, if you like, which would include probably uh, Russell, Narine, Owen Morgan as the overseas is 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 probably good enough that they don't need to be panicking too much about being outbeard. They like you say there's really they're looking for one position. Mm. Um but they'll have to be kind of clever about it. And I think you know what? I think they might have to be a little bit lucky in terms of injuries this year um to 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 really be an effective team. Um 
if they are, then they might have the best team in the tournament. Yeah, well, I think I think they're lucky that the tournament's coming around so quickly. If I'm perfectly honest, like, I think that the, their team isn't actually much older. It's like, well, yeah, six months or whatever. Um, and I think that that's how age them. works. Yeah, that is, <laughs> yeah, it's linear, isn't it? Time. Uh, anyway, Mumbai Indians. Uh, we're going to blast through the, this team because they um, don't need to do anything because <laughs> they blast through uh, everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, in 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 terms in like in franchise terms, the Mumbai Indians they have got a god squad. Um, it's 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 no surprise therefore that they haven't really done anything to break that up. Uh, probably the big news is that Malinga has retired. Um, I think from the IPL. Uh, so the the record wicket taker in the tournament won't be available to them anymore. Although he wasn't last year, and that didn't really seem to slow them down. Um, if they have a weakness, it's probably death bowling. Um, they ha- they kind of uh, they have options there, but one of those options is Trent Bolt, who really is, his big skill is is opening the bowling. To be honest, uh, where he's been very effective and losing super overs. Yeah, he, well, I mean that's the, the point, isn't it? He is he is a little bit more hittable than some of the other players in the tournament. Uh, he's backed up by Bumrah, so it kind of balances out. But, <laughs> it evens uh, out a bit, uh, doesn't it? They're probably thinking: imagine a world where Trent Bolt bowls three or four overs right out the right at the beginning. Uh, Bumrah bowls one or two at the beginning, and then at the end we've got Bumrah and a death bowler to finish things off. Um, so maybe you're looking at Chris Morris there. You could be looking at Kyle Jameson. Uh, they might even, a little bit of a curveball, go for Umesh Yadav, I think. Um, to be honest, though, I don't think it really matters. I, I I don't think there's any team in this auction that can recruit players to get to their level. Um, so, you know, they can sit around. Yeah, they can try. <laughs> they can try. <laughs> Which moves us on, moves us on nicely to the Rajasthan Royals. Um, and this is where some big news happened. Uh, what did the Royals do, Ross? Uh, well, um, by your by your estimation, should uh, Royal Challengers Bangalore not be going next? No, no, no. RA, no. mate. Oh, RA. Oh, yeah. I was doing RR. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. I think, um, uh, anyway, yeah. I, I don't know what they've done. I don't know. I don't know what the Rajasthan Royals have done. You don't know what they've done. They've um, released other than releasing Smudge. They've released Smudge. They did a tweet saying goodbye to Smudge. They ditched their captain. Um, they haven't just mm. ditched their captain. It's not like Dinesh Kartik, we're going to give the captaincy armband to Owen Morgan. It's, please leave. Um, they've, they've completely fired him. Um, bold move, don't you think, Max? It's, you don't, it doesn't happen very often, does it? It's not, uh, not a very cricket, um, not a very cricket experience. And uh, I, quite, I quite like it. It's quite good fun, yeah. isn't it? I, I, a bit of drama. I think Steve Smith's probably a little bit overrated in T20 cricket. They were paying him a lot of money. Uh, probably makes sense to move him on um, and it frees up a, an overseas slot uh, we can probably and we can talk about our uh, Rajasthan Royal strategy all we like um, <laughs> in terms of how they fit overseas players in um, but I think that the fundamental problem that they have it, it isn't who bats where it's that they have a lack of Indian talent um, the the Indian core at Rajasthan Royals is the worst set of Indian players in the tournament and that means that even though they have Joss Butler and they have Joffre Archer uh, and they have Ben Stokes um, I think that's like two of the last three MVPs it might be three of the last four MVPs I think Butler's won it as well Butler, Stokes and Archer have definitely won it Um, they're they're not backed up basically by the Indian players Um, that means I think that they are one of the teams that have to try and break the bank to pick up any Indian player who can do anything. Um, and this is why um, I think Shivam Doob 
Shivam Dubé has an outside chance of being a millionaire by this time next month. <laughs> Um, which is probably not a set of circumstances that even Shivam Dubé thought could be possible um, this time last week. Uh, so Shivam Dubé, he was cut by RCB. He's pretty good. He can hit the ball a long way and he can bowl a bit. Uh, Rajasthan Royals need an Indian player who can hit the ball a long way and bowl a bit. Uh, Max, what do you reckon? Yeah, well, uh, like another team that I'll get to a bit later on, I think I don't think you could be too far too far off with that. Um, it's one of those it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like with uh, it's like with the Premier League and football in England and buying Danny Drinkwater for thirty million pounds because he's English. It's that it's <laughs> it that is, kind yeah. of that level. Yeah. Uh, the other, if we actually if we want to look at where they might try and invest in an overseas player, I think there's a possibility they'll be in the Maxwell Hunt. Um, I think. Probably, though, that would be dumb if they did that. Uh, they're a franchise associated with Shane Warne, so it's it's on the it's on the list of possibilities. But I, I reckon they would be better served uh, looking for a bowler to back up Archer. If you watched any of the IPL last year, uh, you'll have witnessed teams literally block out Joffre Archer and then plunder the rest <laughs> of the uh, the Royals' bowling lineup. Um, names on the list: uh, we've already said Stark. Jameson, uh, Chris Morris. Uh, I think there's a possibility they'll be in for Majib, the Afghan um, spinner as well. But how they'll fit all of that into into a team is is difficult to say. Do they, uh, do they not need something to replace Steve Smith in the batting as well? As, as... Probably not. I think I think they might be all right in terms of that type of batter. They need a bit more explosion, I think. But but I think Steve Smith leaving gives them the clears the way for Stokes Butler to and open. Butler to open. Yeah. Uh, Sampson will be there or thereabouts. I mean, Tawasia can blast it a little bit lower down the order. Yeah, they probably need someone else. But I think it's easier to find an Indian player who can bat at a strike rate of 125 and average 30 than it is to find someone who can slog it like, I don't know, Glenn Maxwell or something. So, you know, there's lots of ins and lots of outs. I don't think they yeah. can get around the problem that their Indian players aren't good enough. Um, I don't think they can buy their way out of that. Mm. Um, but they will try. I, 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 <laughs> God damn it. I, I expect them to try. Yeah, if there's, if there's one um, thing the IPL does, it's throw money at the problem. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Royal Challengers Bangalore. Oh now, no, Sunrisers Hyderabad next alphabetically. Don't worry. <laughs> very good, ah. very good, Ross. Yeah, uh, Royal, Royal Changlers, Royal Changlers, Royal <laughs> Challengers Royal Bangalore. Changlers. <laughs> Royal Changlers, Royal Challengers Bangalore, penultimate on the list. Uh, they well, well, RCB. <laughs> I mean, we what do, what do they what do RCB like doing apart from shitting the bed? Uh, they like they, they have don't they? <laughs> they have gone mental. It's not a mega auction. Someone probably should have given the memo that the mega auction's been postponed because they've got rid of 10 players. They almost they almost have fewer left in their team than they got rid of. They've only got 12 players left. Um, and there are some notable names among those who have left. Uh, Aaron Finch being one. He, he didn't have a particularly good year last year, so he's been culled. Uh, Moen Ali barely played. Uh, and uh, and he's he's done for Chris Morris possibly the most surprising because he's quite good Their best fast um, bowler took quite a few wickets <laughs> for them um, and uh, and also has a career IPL strike rate of nearly 160 which is pretty handy to have so uh, getting rid of that is questionable um, Shivam Dubey you've mentioned is um, you know he's he's not stellar but he 
does a job and provides balance to a, to a team. And there are, you know, a, a few others. Uh, Umesh Yadav was one that you mentioned earlier who's also gone. Um, but, you know, if we sat here and named them all, we'd be here forever. Uh, so when it comes to the auction, um, they have a lot of spaces to fill, a lot of overseas slots to fill, uh, some money to do it with, but not actually a huge amount. Um, because if you look at the players that they do have... Um, I mean, they're all quite good. Like they've got a good core of like seven out of out of their eleven. I think this is probably why they've had such a clear out. They're probably quite disappointed with how they did last year. They've got Indian captain Kohli, uh, A. B. De Villiers, who's a phenomenal player, uh, Padakal, who um, scored plenty of runs, and then the very exciting um, young Indian bowlers of Mohammed Siraj, Navdeep Saini, and Washington Sundar. So they've got a good core there, and uh, I think with the remaining money that they've got. They will be looking to add overseas firepower to uh, to round off the team. <laughs> but they've got rid of a bowler, they've got rid of a batsman, they've got rid of an all-rounder, so they could literally buy Mate, they're, buy, they're buying like, Steve it's... Smith. There is no doubt in my mind that RCB <laughs> are going to buy Steve Smith. Oh my God, I hadn't even thought about that. Coley will definitely fancy a bit of that. Yeah, oh, that yep. fits the game plan. They're... It does. It does fit the game plan. Oh my god! RCB are—they are perfect at scoring 160, and it's all they ever do. They—they they don't do anything other than that. That is their plan. And Steve Smith fits yeah, that mold. They, they don't. So, literally I'm... the last player they should be thinking about buying. <laughs> yeah. What what they should be doing, obviously, is going for David Milan and uh, maybe an opening batsman, Alex Hales. Um, that would be ideal, and uh, and probably another another bowler. And what they could do with is um, an all-rounder. So, I mean, Glenn Maxwell can bowl a bit, but really I think they need to be replacing Chris Morris with an all-rounder. And I think the best all-rounder in the uh, IPL auction pool this year is, in fact, Chris <laughs> Morris. Um, <laughs> so I fully expect them to try and buy him back for a bit cheaper because he was quite expensive and has had some injury problems. So I think uh, that is probably just, their game plan there. Yeah. I just honestly, I don't understand the thought process. I mean, nobody does. There's uh, here, I, this... This book, Cricket 2.0, which lots of people will have read, there's a, there's literally a chapter in this book, uh, Why RCB Lose. Um, there it is. <laughs> Why RCB Lose. Um, and it's because they do fucking crazy things like this. It's like the only thing... I mean, it's not the dumbest thing that happened in sport this week. In the NFL last night, a team kicked a field goal when they needed eight points to win with two minutes left. If you understand what 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 how the NFL scoring system works and how stupid that is then you'll be like, yeah, I know, the Green Bay Packers are dumb. <laughs> but this is almost as dumb. I mean, like, clearing out this number of players, getting rid of players that are like... The year, the year before Omega Rock. Nailed on as well. starting 11. I, like, I mean, what do they... Just gonna spend... Who do they think they... Oh. You can only think that they think that they're... One, um, Steve Smith or somebody out there is an upgrade on Aaron Finch. They wouldn't get rid of Aaron Finch unless they thought there was an upgrade. Now they have Josh. Yeah. F- I mean, let's, let's let's be clear about this, by the way. Uh, when it comes to T Twenty cricket, that that is not the case. Yeah, <laughs> jo- they have Josh Philippe, who's been playing really well in the BBR. It's a lower standard tournament. He wasn't amazing in the IPL last year. Maybe they think he can take the step up and fill that space for not Old very much money. Um, if they think that is the case, then what are they doing? Are they lining up like a They've got 35 crore, which is 3.5 million. Are they going to spend two yeah. million so, I mean, pounds got a lot on Mitchell of, Stark? Yeah. Is that what they're going to do? They've got a do? lot of spaces to fill, and they don't have that much money to do it with in terms of how much, you know, how, what, what, how many players they need to buy. So if they do go for Mitchell Stark, they're in well, that's trouble. The only, I mean, like, who, who could be an upgrade on Chris Morris, realistically, for them? It could be it's, it's Stark, or maybe they think Jameson can do it. 
Yeah, which is completely unproven, right? <laughs> um, it's mental. Yeah. So, I mean, it's they, really mental. Yeah. <laughs> they will. They will probably. They will probably no, sure, sure. absolutely every. Shivam Dubey as well. I mean, like he didn't play every game for them last year, but he is a pretty dependable guy who can bowl a little bit, uh, can hit the ball pretty hard. Uh, you know what you're going to get. He can field. Uh, it just seems really bizarre that you'd basically give uh, a team like Rajasthan Royals a better player for free. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. the RCB. I mean, like, if anybody could explain that, please do get in touch at the please cricket do, pod. Please do let us yeah. know. Uh, yeah. to, okay, we'll, we'll, final team. We'll move on, shall Sunrise we? Sunrise is Hyderabad. Uh, Sunrise is Hyderabad. Uh, fairly well in in comparison. Fairly quick one uh, to RCB. Uh, Sunrise is Hyderabad. We all know what their problem is. They've got some really good overseas players that all do the same thing. They've got loads of really good batsmen, um, which is fine. As long as your sort of top level Indian players back that up are sort of bowlers or all rounders or something. Unfortunately, their top uh, Indian player is Manish Pandey, who's also a top order batsman. So they uh, just they just don't have the squad. The squad is wrong. It's unbalanced mm-hmm. and it needs fixing. Um, and they can't really fix it at this <laughs> auction because they've only got one overseas slot, yeah. and most of the players are overseas. So from my point of view, the they are going to be rivaling. Um, the uh, the Rajasthan Royals for Shivam Dubey. <laughs> what a situation! And, uh, and that is why, and that is why Shivam Dubey may be a millionaire. This, <laughs> this time Dubey must in be in bubble wrap. He honestly must be protecting himself I, so he doesn't get injured. I tell you, someone else, and we haven't mentioned this him yet, but someone else who could go for way more money than their thirty-seven-year-old body is worth. Three Three Santh <laughs> is going to be in the auction. Yeah. Somebody is going to take a punt on three cent. If a couple of teams fancy it, three cent could be going for like three hundred grand here. I <laughs> I, honestly, I can see that happening. I would absolutely love to see it because that is another option that um, some risers uh, could look at to to up their Indian talent. I think um, Rajasthan yeah, Royals it could do it, and um, which would be absolutely insane if you know the whole backstory yeah. about why three cent is out of the tournament. If Rajasthan Royals pick up three cent, mate, there's that's all sorts of there's all sorts of queries people need to be making about that um yeah. i think i think the royals and summarizers find themselves in a fairly similar position don't they with needing to kind of bolster their indian talent and probably with the ball to back up their star bowler who for summarizers is uh rashid khan so, uh, so if, well, yeah if you would like to read a little bit more we have collectively written a couple of articles on the draft strategy and some top talent that we think each of the eight franchises will be going for uh, you can find that at the cricket pod dot substack.com or on twitter at the cricket pod um lads should we draw a line under the ipl there there's a couple of other things happening in cricket that we should mention really quickly uh yep. nods all round um bangladesh uh just completed a three-match win over the west indies uh good to see shakiv al hassan back after his long ban um pretty troubling times for the west indies don't can you think? he play in the ipl yeah because he would be a seriously good addition to one of the sides. Yeah, and we've not included him in anything we've talked about or in the article <laughs> we've written. So uh, well there done are a us. few West Indies players as well that are knocking around that um, <laughs> might fancy a gig. Uh, uh, so you know, West Indies are not not great for there. They sent a B team, but still not wonderful. I didn't think it's B stand for bad. Yes, it does in this case. Um, and kicking off um, tomorrow morning. We should mention that Pakistan are hosting another test series, so it's good to see their kind of assimilation or, or the assimilation of Pakistani home fixtures uh, heading 
onwards in it, on a good trajectory. Uh, Baba Azam's debut as captain uh, in this game for Pakistan. Uh, they have dropped Mohammed Abbas from the squad, though, for reasons known only to Pakistan. Uh, <laughs> uh, regardless, it should be a pretty tricky trip for South Africa, this Ross. Yeah, I think um, when it comes to Pakistan, we always say they're a bit of a lottery team, but actually on their home patch, they've got some really good established players in there. And I think they just um, they probably learnt a lot from their tour to New Zealand. And I think that South Africa aren't as strong as they once were, were they really? So uh, I think it should be a pretty interesting, uh, yeah, pretty interesting matchup. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's um, that's pretty much the cricket podcast for this week. Ross or Max, whoever gets there first, do you want to remind the listeners where they can find us and what they should be doing at the Cricket Pod? Following us, subscribing, reviewing. That's what you should be doing. Yeah, that's all good. Let, let a friend know as well. Um, we will be back next week. Not really sure with what uh, yet. Uh, probably a preview of England-India, I think. Uh, well, I, I'm sorry, I'm just going to have to cut over the end of this. Sunrise's Hyderabad kept Mitch Marsh. Is that a joke? Yeah. <laughs> Is that a joke? <laughs> oh, my and, God. Um, and we will continue. And Jason Holder, who they brought in to replace Mitch oh, Marsh because he was injured. And <laughs> and we will continue with our IPL coverage, uh, building up to the auction. We've got analyst Dan Weston, who's actually been involved in drafts before, to come on and tell us why our... Oh, he, can, he can tell us where we were all completely yeah, wrong. Yeah, this is rubbish, uh, which should be a good podcast. Uh, we've got India, England. We've got the lot. It's going to be it's non-stop cricket from now until September. I think we worked out this there's one two week break in the whole in the whole uh, and that's just the international calendar <laughs> for England. Yeah. <laughs> so um it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a fun time. Uh thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.